Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio where Derek and Doug talk all things Disney. And Doug, we're going to start again today's show like we do every week. There's some Disney news coming out. What do you got for us? Well, there's not too much news this week. Uh, Pandora got added to the online version of the park map at Animal Kingdom. So now you can look at it and plan your navigational skills through the world of Pandora, I suppose. I don't know if that really counts as news. Does it count as news? I did. Feels no- I, I did notice it today when I was when I was just browsing through the app. You can't really do much. I tried zooming in oh. and and you know it doesn't it's have like park just a wait map. times. It's just a map. So just a map. Uh, uh, you know, maybe here in a month that'll be pretty cool when it's open. It'll- Mm-hmm. We're getting closer. So that's the park news. Uh, but if we head out to sea, there's some big shakeups on the Castaway Club with the benefits. Then We know that they've been going to restructure some benefits, and they finally did them with the Castaway Club. For those of you that don't know, the Castaway Club is the club that you become a member of after you do one sailing on the Disney Cruise Line. It's kind of like the rewards program. However, you don't have to like sign up for it. You go once, you're in it. So you go from not in it to in it, no matter what you do. If you go one time, and, so the first level. And is, I put I put the magnet on the car. We got a magnet on the car. Yep. I didn't get a car. magnet. I'm so jealous. So so like Derek's a silver castaway member. Um, you now this is a new one. Silver gets to book before the general public when they release the sailing dates, which is a huge benefit. You can get in one day before all of the commoners or the common folks. Um, so when it comes to booking times, platinum castaway members get three days before general public, gold two days before, silver one day before. That's a huge benefit. It was really good to see that added for silver. It always kind of felt like why is silver lumped in with the general public? Um, because you have been on a cruise, you should get treated to a little bit. Now, should it be with gold or platinum? No, it is just one sailing gets you there. Where gold, it's five sailings, platinum is ten. That did not change. Um, the other big change, uh, there's one thing about you get early access to select shipboarding time for gold and platinum. However, we're not sure how that's really any different than picking port arrival time. So time will tell on that. All this goes into effect in May. Oh, it is May. Any time now. Um, and then the other big thing is the gold and platinum Castaway Club onboard reception. This is something I've been looking forward to going to for quite a while. I am now gold on my next sailing. I will be a gold, and I could go to the reception. However, now it says it's only going to be on sailings of eight nights and longer. Well, that's a complete bummer. What about those three yeah. and four-night uh, Port Carnaval or Castaway Keys? How about a seven-night? Like The Fantasy has so many seven-nights. Like They're not going to have any, any of these. So I've been looking forward to going to this, and... I think I saw somewhere on Twitter earlier today, there's like 300 and 
80 or 70 sailings in the Disney Cruise Line between all the ships fleet-wide, and only like 17 would actually have this reception. So there's really not much of a perk. If you're on a cruise for more than eight nights and you're gold or platinum, you should get something more than one reception anyway. It, you know, if you're on a – maybe if they want to eliminate the three and four, like because that's a bulk of the sailings, right, and they're trying to – cut costs or something maybe make it five nights or longer make try to get a reason for people to book the longer cruise but to go to eight nights well give them like, a reason to book all. anyway i mean if you're a yeah. gold member and you want to do the but, dinner you know yeah do it on all all ships yeah it's just kind of crazy eight nights and longer so that was kind of a bummer to see we'll see how long that lasts um twitter was already kind of having a heyday with it it's, you know when any disney news comes out twitter explodes good or bad and this was kind of yay we get to book a day early for silver boo we're never gonna get to go to a reception unless we take like a transatlantic or a panama canal cruise type I, of thing i don't think i could do eight days on a cruise ship i mean i enjoyed uh our ship or our ship and our time on the uh, you know doing everything but i feel like four five days six that's about enough for me. I know you could probably go for two weeks. I, I could go longer, but probably not till I'm older. Like, my kids are in college, out of college. Like, I, do, I can't just leave life behind for, you know, 14 nights, you know, and do a transatlantic Panama Canal. Because then you add in, like, the day before, the day after cruises. You know, that's, that's a long trip. And, uh... Yeah, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. So when we maybe retire, I got it. When we retire, we'll do a rope drop radio retiree because all you listeners who are still listening with us then might be up there, and and we can do a rope drop radio retired fourteen day cruise. There we go. We'll do a Panama Canal or something, and do who, whatever the the new disease is for mosquitoes by then. So, sounds like a great plan. So all right, well, yep. Yeah, oh, along those lines, the wonder did make the very first um, cruise ship to pass through the new locks of the Panama Canal. It's very exciting. They just got done redoing them. Bigger ships can go through the Dream and the Fantasy now fit. So it will be interesting when the new ships come online down the road, where they all go. So that was historic. So I did. I, I actually looked at Disney some really cool involved. pictures. It looked like a, a tight squeeze, that's for sure. But oh, compared to the old ones, tons of room, tons of room. But that that definitely makes it awesome. That uh, for future endeavors, definitely. Is there any other Disney news before we dive into the show? That's all I got. Other than I'm counting down the days to ride a gondola. That what well, whenever that does happen, you know how they uh -huh. like to keep pushing things off and keep teasing us. But today, in today's episode, by popular demand, we are going to be asking some of your questions. We've been getting questions via Twitter, via Facebook, Messenger, and so we have picked. Uh, I gotta go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven questions that we'll be answering right now on today's show. So feel free to uh, listen for your name being dropped if you're one of those questions. But uh, Doug, I know you have a list. I have a list. We've kind of made the best answers for that list. And uh, you ready to get going into our listener questions? I'm ready to go, Derek. All right. Well, the first question comes from Christina out of Texas. She asked via Facebook, what are the best uses for my fast passes in the Magic Kingdom? We have two boys ages six and four. And Doug, I'll let you start off and I'll kind of maybe give a rebuttal uh, after the, after okay. yours. Yep. Um, so that's the question. I'm going to assume the four-year-old is 40 inches. Um, my kids were all 40 inches 
while they were four. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that. Unless you're so my maybe kids, a bit that's of an a assumption. assumption. I, I know they're not all that height, but let's go with it. Um, I'm not going to say they're 44 inches, though, so no Space Mountain. So I would – and two boys. All right, so not going to worry about meeting a princess. Um, probably going to go Mine Train, be the first priority, and then probably Thunder Splash or Mine Train – Peter Pan and either Thunder or Splash, one of the two. Um, that would be kind of where I would go. Um, you can pick up a fourth Fast Pass for Buzz or Dumbo, Barnstormer. So I'd try to get Mine Train, Pan, either Thunder or Splash because they're more difficult to secure a fourth for. I agree, no, I agree with that list completely. Try to rope drop maybe the the buzz in the morning because you know how boys do love to shoot guns. Uh, mine train, you know, is always a two hour wait. It seems like so definitely get your fast pass there. You know what though? One thing I I like to recommend is I know you're trying to do it for your boys, but also maybe take one of those fast passes for you too. If maybe there's a an attraction you really want to do, like the Jungle Cruise, you know, make sure it's your trip as well. So make sure you jump on. Uh, something for yourself oh hey six and four year old boys love the jungle cruise even if they don't get the joke that's true that's animals true. and whatnot so really um a good rope drop strategy with that age group is to rope drop thunder then splash then pirates and then jungle cruise work your way back and then use your first fast pass at mine train at say like if you have a 9 30 to 10 30 window You'll be able to do that. We did that rope drop not too long ago, and it worked out really well. A little bit of a wait by the time we got to Jungle, like 10 minutes maybe. But if you go to Jungle Cruise in the afternoon, it's always going to be 45 plus. Um, And it's not always the easiest fourth or fifth fast pass to get. So that's a good rope drop with boys. Um, And then you can save your fast passes for... um, Mine train, Peter Pan, and mine train's shorter than 40 inches. So say you don't quite measure up to the 40 mm-hmm. inches, you can still get mine train at 38. Most four-year-olds are. Um, same thing with Barnstormer. If you're too short for mine train, that's a good one to substitute in there to make sure you get that first coaster in for that young guy. So there you have it. I think that's I think that's the perfect answer. So hopefully, Christina, we were able to help you a little bit more. And as always, if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to continue to talk to us through social media. We love answering, especially, mm-hmm. I think, Fast Pass questions. Always one of our favorites. Well, and actually, I think our favorite is Rope Drop. So. Yeah. One caveat to all that is if meeting – if say you have one day and meeting Mickey Mouse is an absolute must and say you're not tall enough – say you're not 40 inches – you could get a late morning Mickey fast pass to meet him. That is the good Mickey, the magician Mickey. He, you know, he'll chat with you. So it is a decent use of a fast pass to meet Mickey. And with two boys that age, that might be a great use of one. We don't often say that, but that really could work out well. Yep, I agree. If there is a character that they want to meet, you know. Mm-hmm. I, even if it's a princess, some boy, you know, yeah. my son, we had to meet, we had to meet, um, Tiana. So it's, you never know. So, uh, those lines for characters can go quite long. So just, you know, work with your kids and figure out what they want to do as well. And, and you'll build a strategy that way. So, uh, let's move on to our next question. We got one from Alex here in Lincoln from the rope drop radio email. He asked, 
Been thinking about pulling the trigger on a family vacation to Disney World. All I ever hear is how expensive it is, but never really any actual prices. So what are the average costs for a family of four, kids, kids ages three and six? Three and six. So they're both under 10. That makes them a kid. Um, he doesn't say anything about length of stay. So I had this question, so I had to go ask Michelle what average the, is. What I was going to go with, he wants to make sure they do every park. Every park. Yeah. That's a lot of people say that, so that would be average. So a lot of people end up doing four days, five nights. Um, that's average. Now, if I, I would recommend doing five days so that you have you know, a chance to hit Magic Kingdom twice, but that's just me. So if we do four park days and then the travel days around it, uh, we ran some numbers from mid-December. Now, you change the week you're going, it affects the price, right? Christmas is crazy expensive. Easter is crazy expensive. Summer is going to cost you more. But mid-December, decent, normal, kind of in the middle price range. So I asked our our trusty travel agent to run the prices for two adults and two kids with dining because on average most people when they go on their one family vacation or two or three to Disney World they get the dining plan so at Pop Century with the four day tickets and dining it was 3100 for mid-December those were all weekdays if you stay a weekend it adds a couple hundred um, so if you bump it up to moderate which would be more average at Port Orleans Riverside, it was 3600 And if you go to the entry-level deluxe, because not all deluxes are built the same, Animal Kingdom Lodge will run you about 4500 So that is with four days in the park, um, you're staying the extra night, so you have travel days before and after, and park tickets and dining. Does not include a hopper, does not include memory maker. So you want to add the memory maker, there's another little bit of money. Um, want to add the hopper that adds a little bit more to it too. Um, so that's kind of the bare bones pricing. Um, and at a good time of year, that's the time of year that if you ask around or you really want to avoid crowds, you would go. Um, so four days, you add one more day, um, adds the cost of the hotel. So, you know, 150 to 250 a night, depending on value or moderate, but adding that fifth day to your park ticket is not that expensive. So the expense of going for that fifth park day is not too big, yep. really, compared to these four park days. So, But average, there you go, 3100 at the low end, staying in Pop Century. But if you want to get could, a little could fancier. You get, could you get a little bit lower even if you went to one of the All-Stars? Got yes. off an extra $20, $30 a night? Not quite 20 or 30 but like 10 to 15 um, that time of year. During busier times of year, the difference is bigger, um, but not that time of year though is uh, Pop Warner football, so it may not actually be cheaper to go to an All Star because there's football tournaments going on and cheerleading competitions, and it's the All Stars. One I wouldn't recommend to stay there during Pop Warner time for any reason, unless you are in Pop Warner football. But that's a whole another episode right there but uh it could save you a few bucks per night mm -hmm. but when you only got you know five nights ten dollars it's only fifty dollars um probably worth staying at pop century rather so than saving fifty dollars three thousand sounds about right everything that i i researched for it and and uh you also have to add flights you know if you want to save mm -hmm. money there are people that do the drive 
Uh, yeah. You can rent a fuel-efficient car or, you know, take the extra vacation days and drive down there. Uh, or you wait to fly on a uh, one of those discount travel airlines. I know, Doug, you have some experience on a couple of those. And it's, a, it's a mixed bag. It, it's one of those, especially with the, uh, the travel costs to get down there can be crazy. But if you really plan it out... Uh, I know my wife and I got really lucky with a Cyber Monday deal a couple years ago. It's just that that's one where that, that's the that's the expense that you almost forget about at times. You think, hey, here's mm-hmm. our vacation. Oh, we have to get down there as well. So that's always got to look out uh, for the deals. I know we're going in June and we didn't we did not get any deals. So. I like to tell people as a rough rule of thumb um, to budget about a thousand dollars a person. That usually comes out to that five days in the park, gets you five park days, plus the you know the cost of the memory maker divided over all the people in your room and that sort of stuff. About $1,000 a person by the time it's said and done without airfare. You know what? That's pretty I, – I like that. That's a pretty good estimate. And I know Michelle's awesome, so that is uh, – and always but, use a travel agent. Make sure that you save a couple dollars that way as well. But no, compared I, to what she priced out, $1,000 a person is actually puts you between Riverside and Animal Kingdom. So that would be money for souvenirs and food. whatnot. Some extra food. You always yeah, you're forgetting about that food. Dining plan. Well, the dining plan's in that price. Oh, yeah. You're right. So uh, there you go. Awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, hopefully I answered your question, Alex. Pull the trigger. That's the main thing. Just yeah, do it. just go. Just, just book it and go. Only a $200 deposit. That's the easy part. And then you're hooked. Yep, and you got you got to do it, and just can make a couple payments, and just jump on in, uh, make make those magical memories. That's what we say. So, all right, we got another question. We have from Sarah on Facebook. She has a couple questions for us. Are you allowed to bring camping strollers to the parks to use for parades stools. or fire or st- stools? You're right. And she sent a picture too. I should have uh, should have should have looked that a little more. Uh, so let's answer that one first, and then we'll answer a second question. Are you allowed to bring camping stools to the parks? Parades, fireworks, anywhere you have to sit down. Uh, wh- what do you say, Doug? So it's the picture is one of the really small ones. We're not talking like a bag chair with armrests and a back. Just like a little simple stool. I'm going to go with the fact that I have never seen one in the parks ever. And there's if you could, people would have. Because waiting for fireworks, sitting on the ground is not comfortable. Waiting for the parades... It's just not comfortable. If you had a little stool you could carry around and just pull out whenever you sat, people would be doing it all the time. I'm pretty sure Disney would say if you need somewhere to sit, you can rent a wheelchair. That would be kind of their attitude. I didn't look to see if it's on the list of you cannot bring in, but I'm going to go with it must be because I've never seen one, and I've seen some crazy things that people brought in. I mean, somebody brought a monkey in, so... You can get a get a lot of stuff in there, but a stool? I don't, I've never seen it. I guess you? if you need to sit on a monkey, I, but no, I've never seen a stool. I actually laughed. I saw the picture. I'm like, that's kind of a good idea, but I've it's never seen it. It's a great seen. idea. I was like, but I, you know, I could we could have hit it under our stroller, the bottom of the stroller, and because uh, I had to sit in a puddle one time, and and you know, I would have loved like to a pull. poor choice. Uh, it was, poor, that's I a did, poor I, life choice. You right know there. what? I took it for the kids, so each kid could sit on one leg. Uh, and as a parent, you gotta do it sometimes. Uh, So we, I I got, Hey, I got, you know, front row seats to that parade by taking one for the team. Going for the puddle. Yes. Yeah. But if I had a stool, that would have been a game changer Uh for sure. I'm pretty confident you whip a stool out. There will be a cast member there pronto because I have never seen it. 
And there's so many times where, like, my legs are numb, my butt's numb. Waiting for Star Wars fireworks, I just stand up and stretch for a while in the middle of a sea of people sitting down. So I was also showing off my Rope Drop Radio t-shirt that way. That was really the plan, not because my legs went numb. But, yeah, I'm going to go no to the stool. And she had a second she has a follow-up, right? Yeah, and I love the second question. It's, what are some fun activities to do with kids while waiting in line? Oh, that's an excellent question. One is to ignore your children and pretend they're the people behind or ahead of you. Just ignore them. That's what I do. That works for most people. No, I'm joking. You can't You can't do yeah. that. Sorry, yeah. Sarah. Don't. Oh, real answer, Derek? He's giving me a look. Yep. Okay. What I'm do just... you do in line? Uh, you know what? I, I gotta say some lines are different than others. I mean, if you're in that, yes. uh, the aerial for, uh, her ride, I mean, that line is so, the, the queue is so long. The kids are entertained by it's looking around and stuff. And, uh, I can think of like the Nemo at Epcot, you know, you walk through that huge queue mm-hmm. by the time you get there. Those are great. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to lie. We've pulled out the cell phones. We give them the cell phones. Um, a lot of times I will pull out the, the park map. And, you know, kind of let my kids pretend that they're picking the next ride or attraction or where to go <laughs> As next. If they have a I chance. know, they don't have any choice. But it's just like, uh, but kind of tell them, like, hey, you know, this is over here. Do you want to do this? Okay. You know, uh, or, you know, just talk to them about what, what they want to do. Make them feel involved. I know your kids are a little bit older, where mm-hmm. mine, they can fall for that trick. I don't think yours can fall for that. Yeah, mine are done with that. So, Usually with ours, we do bring some electronics. We have some iPods and iPads that we bring into the parks with us. They usually sit on those waiting for rope drop because we're usually there an hour to hour and 15 before rope drop. So that's our longest waiting right there. And they just straight up sit there on electronics, getting screen time in. Um, And there's Wi-Fi. So they can sit there and watch YouTube and all kinds of stuff. Um, now, if we get a real long line, there's most of the time we're not in line long enough to worry about it because fast passes, we're using our time strategically. But there's times where we know, you know what, we just got to wait for this one. We're just going to do it. And it could be 45 minutes. We will get the electronics out then. Sometimes, though, we'll play um, Heads Up on one of the phones. And it, it's kind of annoying if everybody around you is annoyed by it. Like, you can annoy people around you with it because it can get kind of loud. In California at Disneyland, people play it all over the place. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of Yep, I jumped in on it. Yep, at Disneyland. I jumped. I saw other people playing, and I just jumped in. Mm -hmm. Disney World is not nearly as common, but you can. We played it, and I made custom decks that were Disney Parked-themed. So it was like, you know, certain attractions, certain characters. Um, You know, I even had, like, Tokyo Disney Seas is one of the words. And so, you know, the kids are given clues, like, it's in Japan, it's not like one in America, you know, and then they're, oh, Tokyo Disney Seas. And then usually someone around there is like, yeah, I didn't even know what that was, you know, they in line with us. So we play it not as much at World as we do at Land, but Heads Up is a good game because uh, it gets the whole family playing and it's kind of fun. Um, and you can make custom decks. I like the custom decks. Or you can buy extra decks, too, if the what comes free doesn't work for you. Um there's some other little things. We uh, look for hidden Mickeys, too. Yep, yep we do uh, that. You can get the – there's a great field guide to hidden Mickeys that you can get. Um, 
and uh, have that out and constantly have the kids scouring because they're in every queue. Sometimes the queues have enough to entertain them. Like Winnie the Pooh has a big play area. Dumbo's wonderful. You get a buzzer like you're at a restaurant. I mean, at a playground. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, electronics, I know, screen time, right? But they're getting overstimulated the rest of the day at Disney World. I don't think screen time's the too big a deal they're they're out in the world experiencing things main thing is to collect them don't let them walk around with it all day just you know get it out when you have to have it yeah i know my kids love wearing their uh, rope drop radio shirts and they'll talk to my daughter will talk to everyone in line and pass out cards so yeah she's she's our marketing manager yep, you, so yeah so if you want you can talk to the people around you too i know you know people yeah especially because a lot of parents are are there and the other kid like my kids always seem to find another kid their age by them in line and we'll just have conversations with that kid and and the parent and i will just look at each other and be like oh thank goodness i know you know i told that story about talking to that italian couple last week that made that hour and 20 minutes just fly by because mm-hmm. we chatted with them the whole time. And then the next night while we're waiting for Star Wars fireworks, like everybody around us was just like grumpy at the world. I tried striking up a couple conversations and they looked at me like I was trying to invade their space or something I'm like, OK, so we just sat there in silence. So that's where we we're glad we had the electronics the day before where we we're waiting for wishes. We didn't even get them out. Because we were talking with that group, and then I know that my wife started talking to the lady behind us. So, the conversation can make things go really fast. Awesome. Well, I think that I think that overly answers that question. Overly, Hopefully, gave yes. you uh, some good tips. There you go, so, Sarah. So, moving on, we have Erin. She asked via Twitter, "Taking the Magical Express for the first time. How do I find it? And how does my luggage magically know where to go?" And I love this question because I had the same question my first time taking the Magical Express. So let's start with the luggage part. Um, so you get these little yellow luggage tags in the mail ahead of time. Most of the time, Magical Express is not 100% at getting them to everybody. But if you get them, you put them on that luggage like before you go to the airport, your checked bags. So whatever you check, like you hand over to the airline, have the bright yellow thing on the Handle your luggage just like the airline puts a tag on your bag. And when that goes through all the inner workings at MCO, the Orlando airport, it gets scanned and it pops it out over there and it goes to Disney World. They separate it by resort. They transport it directly to your room. Now, it may take up to three hours for your bag to find its way from the airport to your room, which really isn't that long considering how long it can take to get to the resort anyway. Um, so that's how it gets there. It's that yellow tag. It's magical. Don't forget to put it on. If you do forget to put it on or say you get in late, like after 7 p.m. and you don't want to take the chance of them delivering luggage at midnight, you know, we've had people that fly in at like 9.50 and then they bring their luggage at like 12.30 at night when everybody's trying to sleep. So we recommend you go get your luggage off the carousel, pick it up yourself, and then take it to Magical Express. Um so, taking the Magical Express, Derek, did you get lost? How did, how did it go wrong for you? Uh, not really wrong. It's just uh, we didn't know where to go in MCO. Uh, and, you know, we've always had uh, 
cat we never stayed the last time we didn't stay on property before so finally when we got to use magical express we did follow the signs but uh we went outside at one door and found out we had to go to the way far end uh-huh. uh which is just this massive area of magical express buses and disney stuff so really we only got lost for about 20 seconds okay. if that but uh well there, yeah, it's if you follow the signs happen. if you read you should have no problem finding it because there are plenty of signs there is one place where they don't have any signs, and I always think, like, this is the spot they need one more sign. Other times it seems like, really, you need another sign to tell me this way? Like, I wouldn't have turned It's the last one. So it's on the baggage claim at MCO is divided into the A side and the B side, depending on what airline you fly in. If you don't have to go to the baggage claim, it's really easy if you have those yellow tags. You go towards the B side and go to ground transportation you will eventually see signs that point towards Magical Express. And as you go down escalator after escalator, like it's all the way to the far end, as Derek said. It's like they have one whole end. Like You see all the rental car stuff, you just turn and go the other way. And there's signs. Follow the signs, yep. and then they scan your Magic Band. So like as your plane is landing, put on your Magic Band. Be ready. They'll scan one Magic Band, and then they tell you which row to go into, and then you weave your way through a whole bunch of things and they put you on a bus and then you're off to the most magical place on earth it is really magical though how the luggage you drop off at your home airport and it ends Uh up in your room i'll say uh that that will be fun for you the first time you do it just it really is cool Uh you don't have to worry about it and it's there is some trust involved and then when a little bit when when you walk in your room and you see it there you're just like this is awesome i didn't have to touch this Mm -hmm. i didn't have to carry because some of those resorts you're carrying your luggage forever and so yeah especially the moderates yeah not not having to deal with that it's just that pays for itself it does it does so yeah and the bus ride is about what 45 minutes to an hour depending on traffic and uh sometimes you can sit on the bus for a little while to wait for it to fill up Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to stop at a couple of the resorts before you get to yours uh every time i've done it it's been a much different length um as far as all the different stages to wait so average is hard to say but it's not too stressful you just get on a bus and go and if you have carry-ons they will put the carry-ons under the bus, and of course, don't forget to tip the driver if they touch your carry-on bags. There you oh, go. Perfect. All right. Well, we have uh, one more question, and that is from Michelle. Not our Michelle, but this is another Michelle via Facebook. We have one day in each park planned for our upcoming trick trip. Pick one quick service restaurant and one table service restaurant you would recommend. I will eat anything, but my husband can be a stick in the mud when it comes to trying new things. So, Doug, you love talking about food and restaurants. I do. We've gone over them in uh, previous episodes, uh, so we kind of left this question here for the end. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's go through real quick, starting with the Magic Kingdom. What is, uh, you know, number one in each category, quick service and sit down? Okay, so I can only pick one. Yep. Okay. Um, does she say it's a family? So let's assume it's a family. All right, so you got kids with you. Um, okay, counter service. I'm going to go with Columbia Harbor House at the Magic Kingdom. We'll start with Magic Kingdom. Sorry, I didn't say that. I did. Well, I said Magic Kingdom, so good. Oh, We're did good. you? Yep. Okay, good. I heard. I must have been listening subconsciously. All right, so Columbia Harbor House, Um, it, you can get a lobster roll or you can get chicken nuggets, a wide variety. 
Um, it's not just hamburgers and french fries. So I kind of like the upstairs there. Super quiet. You get out of the hustle and bustle. Because the Magic Kingdom is nutty at noon. Mm-hmm. So go a little early to lunch. Sit upstairs. Nice and cool. You can relax a little bit. Columbia Harbor House. Um, the shrimp is really good too. And the fish and chips. Um, now for dinner... I'm not going to say be our guest because I'm going to assume I didn't get out of bed in time to make it. All right? So didn't get a be our guest reservation. Let's just, you know, the average person's not going to. I'm going to go Liberty Tree Tavern for dinner because they got the nice Thanksgiving dinner. You get your turkey and your gravy, and then you're ready for a nap afterwards. I guess that doesn't make sense. But I really like it. Um, not a big fan of a lot of the other magic kingdom options like the plaza is just like i can go to applebee's and eat that hamburger and fries mm-hmm. um liberty tree's got something a little special the dining area is really unique there's a lot of history on the walls that you can read about look at especially if you have a kid like late elementary and middle school where they're learning a lot of american history and kind of like interested it might be worth them going around and looking at some of the stuff on the walls in there um Tony's is just kind of like the Olive Garden, but on Main Street, USA. So eh, Liberty Trees is something a little different. You can't get it home. I think that's why I'm going there. See, I'm, How about you? I, I agree with those options. I also was going to say be our guest. You, you gave it up. I think you knew maybe I was going to follow in with it. Is Even if you, you – one of those ones where it's, we talked about this before. It's so busy. It's uh, You do got to make reservations, but it it's worth it. So I'm, I'm going to assume you did. Uh, quick service you didn't mention. The two I like are Cosmic Rays or Pecos Bill. And honestly, sometimes uh, quick service just comes in wherever wherever you're at in the park. So yeah. I just named two places that couldn't be any farther apart. And so True. The, the good thing is you do have places there. All over. That yeah. they're all over. Uh, more could have went, you know, better Better question would be like, which ones do you not recommend? But we'll save that for another day. That's another day. Yep, yeah. that is a whole other podcast. But yeah, I like the escape part of Columbia Harbor House. I like the the quietness. Mm-hmm. Um, nowhere else has that at the Magic Kingdom, and it's really the only place to escape the hustle and bustle. All right, well, let's keep moving on to Epcot. And uh, what would you say for uh, two types of dining on there? All right, counter service. Um, there's a lot of options here. You could eat any kind of ethnic food you want. Um, she said her husband can be a stick in the mud. Um, I avoided hustle and bustle earlier, um, but we'll go, um, sunshine seasons in the land. Mm -hmm. It will be loud. It will be chaotic, but he can get something boring and you can get Chinese or something a little more exciting because it's more food court style. So they have a lot of different options. They even have a Italian section of, you know, they have everything but burgers, um, so if you really need a burger, there's the Liberty Tree Inn and um, the America Pavilion if you if you got to go there. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Sunshine Seasons in the Land Pavilion for my quick service. That's a good place. Um, I've eaten for, there. It's a really good choice. Yeah. For my sit-down, this is where it's hard. Like, this is the reason we get a hopper. We hop to Epcot for dinner so often. But if I have to pick one and say it's a family, it's their first time or once they go once every two to three years, I go Garden Grill. Great food and good character interaction. Garden Grill. 
All right, those are good. I'm going to, uh, you know, sit down, dining. There's so many options, and we did a whole show on this, and I think it was yeah. four of our top ones. Uh, if you, if it's just, if it's, if it's just you and your husband, we of course, you know, got to recommend Le Cellier and have yep. a nice, nice yep. date night. You know, if there you have you a family in there, uh, you could go to Norway and go to Akershus and have the princesses there. Um, you know, I, I really like, uh, 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 saying angel in, I can never say that right. San Angelin. San Angelin. But they also have a canteen, a cantina. So really when it comes they to do. Epcot quick service, if you are in the mood for Chinese, Japanese, Mexican, French, I love that French little Morocco. bakery right there, Morocco. Uh, the best thing about Epcot is whatever your body is craving, you can find it there. And here's the cool thing. You and your husband can go to two different places because was about nine months out of the year. They have some sort of food festival going on <laughs> yeah. anyway. And uh, somehow and somehow, Doug still finds Dole Whip even at Epcot. So uh, that's whatever, right. that's the great thing about Epcot. You can find whatever you want there. So have some fun, be adventurous, maybe try two or three different things. There you go. I like that. That's perfect for Epcot. Eat anything Eat and everything. Everything. So, all right, let's move on to the studios before they get blue milk, uh, since they're going in a little bit sooner. What would you recommend for dining? All right. Well, this is tough. Counter service, I'll let you have the one I think you'll take. I'm going to go with Pizza Rizzo for a counter service lunch. Food's not that great. The meatball sub sandwich is kind of questionable. But the upstairs, like, nobody sits up there. The downstairs so loud. Upstairs, there's one room that's called the ballroom. It is, a pre- like, a constant wedding reception. They have the dance floor clear. You can go dance. It's great. So, like, our kids were dancing. We were the only people in there. And then finally somebody else came in and sat there. At first, you kind of think, like, you're not allowed in there. But it's kind of funny. My kids know all these 80s songs because of their elementary school PE teacher. He plays all the hair band music while they run. So like the power ballads that are played at wedding receptions, they know all the words. It's a little concerning, but yet it's kind of funny. So they're singing along with a couple of those. But uh, we really like sitting up there and taking our time, enjoying our lousy Disney pizza. No, so right. That's counter service. Um, uh, let's see. For a table service in the studios, man, you have so many options. I think we mentioned multiple ones in our top ten show. Uh, I'd probably go 50s primetime unless I wanted characters. But we'll go 50s primetime. I like the comfort food. Even if it is 90 degrees out, a pot pie hits the spot. All right. Well, uh, let's go uh, You know, quick service. And uh, it was a tough one. I, I think I'm going to go with ABC Commissary just because I thought wow. the f- I know. I changed it the last wow. minute because I do oh, love man. You thought I was going to go Backlot Express. I thought for sure. Even though squirrels steal your food there, they, I they still did. thought you'd go. You know what? I got to say, I like oh. the Backlot Express, the, the atmosphere a lot more. But when it uh-huh. came to food, I liked ABC more. I thought they had a little bit better food. So They did revamp their menu right before you went. You got like first test of that new menu it was it was really good i was i was pleasantly surprised and and i think that's the only reason why i had to put it over back lot but just either one you can't go wrong uh but yeah star wars chicken and waffles from back lot is even though a squirrel did steal mine uh which is a whole nother podcast so uh (laughs) but uh oh man um 
So dining, some sit down. Uh, the only one I've done there is Hollywood and Vine with the the characters. I know we have that's, maybe Brown. Solid. I know, and and we have Brown Derby. Uh, looks like maybe coming up in June. Maybe. So See, I don't know, Derek. I change it every day. I know you do, and so uh, I would have loved it. Fifties has been on my list for a while, so one I definitely want to try. Uh, so I, that's not a good one for me. I, I do more of the quick. I don't have time to sit down when I'm in the studios. It's just go go go. Uh, quick service as much as possible. So it's got to make time. Make, to yeah, we're, we're not AP. When you're AP, you can make a little bit more time. We're we're yeah. trying to get everything in. You know, that's the thing about Disney World though is the restaurants are also unique. We like to eat at the ones like you know I kind of mentioned earlier. Like you can't eat anywhere like that. Like Liberty Tree, you mm-hmm. can't eat that where like that at home, right? So the dining is as much as an experience as some of the attractions. And Hollywood Studios has some of the most unique dining. Because Hollywood Vine, you get the Disney Junior characters, and then you get the mini uh, dine later in the day. So you get like the classic characters and the Disney Junior characters there. But then you go over to like Sci-Fi, yeah, food's like a regular bar food. But it's a really cool but atmosphere. You're in an outdoor, like you're inside, but you're in like an old drive-in theater eating in cars while old 1950s B films show. Um, you know, 50s prime times like eating your great grandma's kitchen. And your waitresses yell at you to finish your vegetables. Brown Derby is modeled after the Brown Derby from Hollywood. They recreated it, and it's super nice and fancy. Mama Melrose has all kinds of stuff up and around. The kids were really interested in the uh, the pictures of the current like stars, and they were recognizing. There are people they recognize from movies that I had no idea they knew, but they have people that have eaten there. So a lot of Disney Channel people, but others beyond that. So they're like all unique um she said nothing... just pick one you're going through all yeah, of them. i i did i i said 50s but say they're all good there you go so that's why you make time Derek. make time make i time. like it all right well let's uh well we're gonna make time in june on our trip so it'll be good experiencing some new places but uh let's move on over to our final park animal kingdom where do you go well um counter service i know the next time we're there we're gonna eat in pandora probably along with everyone else um with like a burger pod whatever that may be i don't i'm just i've looked at the menu i am i i'm going to eat it uh we need to see we need to get different things so i can try yours and you'll try mine it may be one of those where we order three different things and split it all up just to like experience it to tell our our listeners i think because the menu is frightening if her husband's a stick in the mud i don't know if pandora is where you end up yep um pizza fari would be a good place for sticks in the mud um because it's just pizza and some flatbreads and um i got like a baked risotto type thing which was good uh restaurant saurus i condemned last time during my trip report so i'm not going back there for a while but i'd probably say i'm gonna do pandora because if you're gonna try it, I guess go all in and then um, sit down. I would do yak and yeti. I do that in a a heartbeat. Really good food. Um, the desserts are wonderful. Uh, has availability. Um, not too crazy expensive. Like Tiffin's is just really fancy. Mm-hmm. Fine dining. I if you go a lot, great fine dining. If you're into fine dining, Tiffin's is your place. But um, I'm gonna go yak and yeti. Um, that's where I would sit down at. 
Well, she says her husband's a little bit of a stick in the mud. I don't know too many guys that don't like barbecue, so I would throw Flame Tree Barbecue in there. Oh, quick that's service. really good. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, because guys Way like better. barbecue, burgers, it's got a lot of safe options uh, for you, and uh, it's in a pretty good location. So and they actually smoke the meat there, uh-huh. which is unique compared to all the other barbecue on property. So... Good choice. So, so if we don't like Pandora, we're Midwesterners. I can see us running over and getting some barbecue. Getting some barbecue for the bus ride back to the resort. Okay. Uh, for sit down, uh, you, you know, I was gonna say Tiffins would be a good one, but uh, I'll throw a, I'll throw Tusker House in there because we yeah. are getting that on our our next trip. Uh, I'm gonna take the kids on a. Uh, a character dining, and I have a lot of friends who love Tusker House, so that's been a, a bucket list of mine. So we're I'll put that in there, even though I haven't had it yet. And I think any Disney buffet works great for a stick in the mud because they all have a carving station, and if they're carving a big chunk of meat in front of you, you can't go wrong, can you? I if can you're a vegetarian. Go... Well, okay. First of all, don't just he he's a stick in the mud. He can't possibly be a vegetarian. It's the opposite, right? I don't, I don't know. Sticks, mud, meat. I, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. We, I guess we should ask a follow-up question, but the, the great I just thing. I assume the steak and potatoes type guy when she said that. Well, the great the great thing about Disney is they really work well with all types of allergies and and preferences. I know you have a couple allergies they've worked with, and yep. so it's that that's pretty awesome with their dining. You you should have no problem finding something. And every 20 feet, there's another restaurant. So you, if you know, if one's a miss, then you'll find something else that you like. Yep. So I think uh, I think those are all good choices. I think Tusker House is great. Good, good ideas, Derek. Well, much I, better than mine. Oh no, you're the master. You've eaten at uh, no. I haven't eaten seven... at Pandora. But neither, just neither a restaurant I. I've never been. No one has. So we're all in the clear. Which, that reminds me, I will let you know, we talked about it a little bit, but in June, Doug and I will be going to Pandora, and we'll be doing a live podcast from out there, a few of them actually, so be on the lookout, and uh, if you've listened to this uh, backlogged episode, uh, to yeah, uh, go forward and find the, the Pandora review, we're excited to go and try it out. Mm-hmm. So... Is, is that all our questions, Dave? That's all our questions. That we've gone through them all. We love answering questions. Right. So we we did get a we did, we have gotten some other ones on Facebook and Twitter that we've answered just right away. We love doing that. These are kind of the ones yeah. that made it to the show. Uh, those yes and no questions, you know, we love them. We'll answer. We're not going to answer the yes and nos on air, but uh, yeah, it's and people that didn't need the answer like right away. You know, if it's something like you're making your fast passes tomorrow and you ask us. The likely odds are one of us will be uh, on social media answer for you. So, all right. Well, thank you again for answering all those questions. If you have any follow up, or if you are listening and you have an extra question, please send one our way via Facebook, Twitter, uh, email. We answer pretty quickly, and we love hearing from you guys. Also, if you are listening to this on iTunes or Google Play, feel free to subscribe and give us a review. We love hearing back from you, and uh, definitely love doing this podcast for you, the listener. And so, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode. Doug, here's the big thing. I believe next week is our one-year Rope Drop Radio. I don't know if you knew that. How about that? That's awesome. Episode 52, huh? Yep. 
So I, I believe this is so so it's been a, it's been a good ride. Thank you especially to you listening right now for being a part of our of our group and our rope droppers and we do this for you. So thank you for your questionings for Doug McKnight. I'm Derek Sassman. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.